0: You are now about to witness the awesome UA, nice to see you, crushing might, Mr. S. Of the you, the kid is sleeping, Eugene S. Robinson Show. Welcome, my friends to a show that seemingly never ends. This is round number, a one, a six, a five. But Eugene has loved the show Stomper, the late version. I can tell you why. As soon as the intro plays out, but I gotta be quiet. I can't be in my usual loud mouth because the kid is sleeping. She's been awake all day. So let's let her sleep and let Bob Riley sing us in. Like he has since 2007. Where the hell is it? Where the hell is the CD? Stigmata, calling of just. Song is called intro all of nothing still available. From Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot your death at a nightclub and hit your car with a hammer. Sing it, Bob, sing it. I'm taking a real good look at you a real good look at your face. So be in payback and for always nothing. All right, all right, all right, all right, my friends. So, uh, oh, Romania, I was just uh, talking to a Romanian guy who I was, uh, in in case you don't believe me, who I was friends with, and uh, my man in Romania, look what he sent me. (laughs) And he sent it to me very specifically because he knew that it would amuse the hell out of me and uh it is uh it is phenomenal it for my man in romania you might recognize some of the people involved he just sent it to me by other friend from romania and it is the do you, do, you, do you know what this is <laughs> it, it is Nikolai Ceausescu and his wife being summarily executed. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's hardcore. It is hardcore. And it's only got 4.8 million views. This is him trying to plead his case. You see, see? now, that's a classic case of Lost Battalion. Yeah, he was a real piece of shit. It came up because they're selling his jet for $25,000. So we were like, man, we should collect some money, buy Ceausescu's jet for $25,000, have it sent over here, and we could have a jet. Like, we could like charge people money to see Ceausescu, but I, I I don't think this, this is a big money maker. I couldn't find too many people to give me $25,000 to buy it. However, this segues perfectly well into commercials. So, hey to Romania, commercials at the top of the hour, that's where we are. PINKO, P-I-N-K-O, 95014. At yahoo.com if you want to donate money or you could give it or you could give it uh, uh, like Tommy LB Tommy pounds does it's a little too late for him he's back in Louisiana just send it in the mail the old-fashioned way or uh, cash app Venmo or uh, uh, patreon.com slash the stomper if you want to donate money to the show that's the only thing that actually keeps the show going because it's the only way that I can I uh, I can justify taking time away from the family to spend with you is if I tell, you know, if the reality of it is, yeah I can afford stuff as a result of it. Otherwise I might as well be playing golf and the wife doesn't understand. So that is it. The commercials are done. This is one, a a six, a five of the Eugenius Robinson Showstopper. And let me explain to you as usual, how it is that I came to be here at this point in time which is late, you know, I'm usually of the habit of doing the Sunday show on, on at three or four o'clock. Okay. And if you, if you subscribe to the Eugene S Robinson, uh, um, Eugen S Robinson dot that newsletter, you'll know that I usually do. I usually put that out like after jujitsu, uh, you know, around, now that I'm going back to jujitsu, jiu- jiu- jujitsu around two and then I do the show around four, Suddenly, something happened today. What happened? What happened, Mister Robinson? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. With Cea- Ceausescu's, they really thought that they were going to snow their way out of that. that. And, and but you know, at least they didn't end up like Gaddafi. I mean, Gadda- Gaddafi was genuinely confused. He was like, "What did I ever do to you?" And then he got a knife right up the anus. Bad, bad way to go. Oh, the, 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 Uh, I live in a neighborhood that's very fond of fireworks, which makes people suffering from PTSD uh, very itchy or gun nuts very itchy. Anyway, Ceausescu aside, so um, um, somebody, um, if you may know, if you've been following me on the Twitter machine, will know that Ozzy Fest was today. Um, Usually Ozzy Fest requires that I go to New York. They've only been in New York thus far Um, the next one, maybe it's a movable feast. Maybe it'll be in your town. Maybe it'll be, but usually it's a live event and they like to call it. Um, they say it's like, um, Ted talks meets the South by Southwest or some sort of thing. Well, the last one got canceled in New York because of the, the incredible heat wave. And it was just 2019, 2020, which was last year, got canceled because of the pandemic. And, um, and this year they decided, well, we're going to screw that. We're going to do a a virtual one to raise money for. Well, it's going to be sponsored by Chevrolet and some, and to raise money for uh, for historical black colleges and universities, as well as uh, a bunch of things. We're going to announce Aussie Genius Awards, and um, uh, um, and uh, um, and it was going to be a two day affair. Uh, Condoleezza Rice showed up. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell showed up. Uh, uh, Fauci showed up. Um, people from all sides of the political spectrum. Tig Notaro, comedians. Um, you know, everybody showed up. In any case, you know, usually they give something for the old man to do. That's me bumping around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Bumping around, you know, uh, but then su- Sunday, my boss went on Saturday. he had all of Saturday, so he was a host for all of Saturday. And then uh, Sunday was supposed to be uh, Ada Rodriguez. I don't know if you know who she is, Ada Ra- uh, Margarita Parada Rodriguez is a, an American comedian of Puerto Rican Dominican descent. so she's a she's a comedian, yeah you know, I, I don't know, I've never seen her. What is she best known for is best known for appearance as a contestant? on the eighth season of Last Comic Standing and as a commentator on The Young Turks. Anyway, she had some sort of emergency, had to cancel, and much like Mad Max, late last night they came to me and they said, Eugene, you got to do it. Well, because this is the place I work, it wasn't Eugene, will you do it? It was Eugene, you got to do it, which th- there's no quite gotta-like work gotta- we we say at work you got it, you gotta unless you got your leg in a cast you gotta so um, you know I don't want to be because I'm hypochondriacal I don't want to be around people I'm not going to, they said no, no 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 we have it set up everybody here has been vaccinated there's not everybody you got two people at a production studio near here go in and do it you know bring a couple of different changes of clothes get yourself a haircut um, so I got a hair I got myself a haircut and uh and went in and did it and gave a couple of different looks it's on youtube now i tweeted out some of the things from the session today um where i talked to mark uh Rebillet, uh john St- uh, Stussel, the uh magician which is actually i always feel like a cheese ball for fallen prey to magicians wiles and ways but he was great so uh, you go to youtube and see type in ozzy fest 2021 you can see I spent the day, but it completely subjugated my day in terms of normal schedule. I stayed up late last night putting out the, uh, sub newsletter. So if you subscribe to it, you should have it. It was a five easy pieces, which is, uh, the, the newsletter is called look what you made me do, which will be familiar to, to everybody. And then, um, there's a subsection called, uh, five easy pieces where I try to ask people who are known for something, five questions that have nothing to do with what they're known about. Like, you know, if you want to interview, um, well, I would never want to interview this guy, Michael Vick, say, you, you know, the temptation would be to talk to him about football. Well, everybody talks to him about football. I don't want to do that. And as luck may have it, maybe I have questions about, about Michael Vick that have nothing to do with football, because I'm not a football fan, right? So you, you see the, 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 way, the way it works. I mean, inevitably, if somebody like Jim Goad, who's the author of the Redneck Manifesto, you know, his his world is a world of ideas, so I couldn't avoid talking to him about some of it, or Allison Anders, you know, she's a film director. But this week is with Thurston Moore, uh, who's a guitar player for, uh, 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 not like I forgot, it's just, I was going to say, the first band that he was in that I came to know, I'm just going to go to, to the, the biggest band that he was in, Sonic Youth, and uh, so you should read it. You should read it. You should read it. You should read it. Um, so I did that late last night, put it out, and then got up early this morning, rushed over to the, uh, did uh, care don't care, and uh, which comes out Monday afternoon. Rushed over to the studio, spent all day there uh, talking to all these different folks. Rebelé, like I said, like I mentioned the names, and then and um, and then rushed home, gave the kid. Uh, her bath and then to get into bed and what took care of stuff at the house and now now <laughs> well <laughs> you know I asked him five questions and he only answered four so I had to sub in one of the questions so you can imagine um, you know I got that kind of uh, on the spectrum thing like I'll ask anybody anything I don't care if it's uncomfortable you know, my favorite one was some guy who I was interviewing for Aussie Confidential. He said, you know, I had PTSD. And I said, yeah, you know, people always talk about PTSD, but everybody's too polite to ask, like, why? how do you, what did you get it from? Like, you know, there's certain questions you're not supposed to ask. You see, you know, guys, soldier, you never ask him if he's killed anybody. It's supposed to be bad form, you know? Um, somebody tells you they're sexually molested you're not supposed to ask them to qualify the sexual molestation. Well, did they hold you down? And I mean, you're not supposed to, you know, you, you, you're not supposed to, um, <laughs> you, you know, you, you're not supposed to ask. That's not me. So I asked him five questions. He answered four. Uh, I swapped one out. I, yeah, I can't force the guy to answer if he doesn't want to answer. And I'm keeping his confidence, but you can imagine the brother, which was the one he didn't ask, uh, Mr. JB. And what I'd like to do is, of course, get Kim on on a later show but uh, uh, I mean you know what well, she's uh, thus far has not responded anyway so that's what I've been doing that explains why I'm so fucking late so thank you all who are showing up and, and, and having some patience and uh, and be. but if you are a long enough listener you know I've done it after the show in Paris you know I've done it from Lyon. you know I've, I've done the show from Copenhagen I've done the show from the airport with all the angry Italians who were pissed off about the, the Mussolini sticker on the back. you uh, know I've done it from all over the place. So here I am I, I, get, I, got, I got the autism, I got the spectrum thing. I think I, I couldn't couldn't let Sunday pass without doing it if I was physically able to do it, so that's what we're here. And anyway, I was motivated by the fight. So doing care don't care Steph opens up with she says right away she was wasn't that a great night of fights? And I hate to be, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, I hate the banquet. What banquet? You got to remind me, I'm old. You know, I hate to be the nattering nabob of negativity, you know, or the yeah, but guy. But it was a yeah, but scenario. And it's it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Eventually, with boxing, you got tired of seeing Don King. You got tired of seeing Don King only in America. Ah, you got tired of seeing Don King. It was just too much Don King. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, these guys. These guys, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, you're talking about when I when I passed out at the banquet. Yeah, yeah. Man, we don't have to talk about that now. That's off topic. So, so you know, Bob Arum wasn't nearly as much of a, a vocal, visual presence. But there's something about there's something about this thinking, the stinking Jabba the Hut-like presence of uh, of the bald one that just always puts a taste a bad taste in my mouth when you see something wonderful like Charles Oliveira Dubronx Jumbo, and just in the in the full joy of like the you know and i thought it, he the whole narrative was kind of cheese ball with it like oh from the favela to the, the, the top level but it it was cheese ball but it was really not cheese ball it was really effective because the dude was really in that moment and it was just a moment of joy and he, he jumps the fence and he's he's like so he goes to the, the commentator booth, the uh, whole Joe game, and he's like, surprise, surprise, and he was just feeling it. And then the next thing you know, he goes over to the bald one, and suddenly you're like in the last five minutes of Roman Polanski's Chinatown. Like, forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown. Yeah, he's back in the car with the child molester, you know, uh, it's... Uh... Yeah, what is it? Did he say something about LSD? I'm sorry, I keep missing the connection between Olivera. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I've had a hectic weekend, but uh, you know, there's a guy in Silicon Valley. There's a guy in Silicon Valley who all the guys in Silicon Valley who are CEOs have been talking about the benefits of microdosing. They just take a little bit of acid, and then they're much more creative, and they get through their day. And let me tell you a couple of things in a minor digression. First of all. Like that, the the, the Wu-Tang song. It's just a hobby that they picked up in the lobby. This is just a hobby that these guys have picked up at fucking Burning Man. And let me tell you something about taking LSD. If just for the sake of uh, just for the sake of amusement, if we were to take LSD this weekend, take a lot, like, say, four hits, five hits of LSD, you know, and we're tripping our ass off for two days. And then said, Hey, that was so much fun. Let's do it again next weekend. You know, if you took five hits of LSD next weekend, it wouldn't have the same fucking kick. It wouldn't. I know, Ryan, you're there. You're trying to talk about the fights, but it's, it's, you know, you know how this works. It's life's meandering crossroads. So it doesn't have the same effect. So these guys are like coming back after weekends at Burning Man and saying, man, I want a little bit of hair to dog that bit me. So they're taking a little bit of a dose so they can keep the high going, but not get, get, get lost in the day. And they find, oh, it makes me more creative. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Well, one cat did it. And they fucking fired him. He was a CEO of a company, and they fired him. Now, I don't want to be paranoid, but the dude was Asian. You know, all of the white cats who've been, <laughs> I don't want to be paranoid, but all the whites, well, that's not true. One of the guys I know, was a good close friend, actually started a couple of companies, was at the height and then ba-ba-boom, gone. Um, so it's not true. But in any case, the Asian guy got fired. So I get, or maybe he wasn't Maybe he wasn't microdosing, maybe he was macrodosing, making it very hard to get through it. But in any case, if he was making money for the company they wouldn't have gotten rid of i don't know i don't want to get into it i don't want to get into it but apparently something with bronx and lsd that mr s keeps, uh, <laughs> keeps 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 referring to so anyway he's he's hugging up on the boss and it's like it was a chinatown moment man it's a chinatown moment because you know there's nothing that goes into or comes out look i've admitted this in the sympathy for the devil episode I've admitted this that any of us you could have taken any of us and put us where the bald one was and we wouldn't have done it God's honest truth giving credit where credit is due dude went from being a cardio kickboxing instructor to being a fucking billionaire not everybody does it not everybody does it and let me tell you the reality of it is look at me in Bitcoin a friend of mine wants to get me started on Bitcoin he goes, Yuji, I want to give you Bitcoin. And he starts telling me this whole thing about the better, and he gives me Bitcoin was five dollars at that point. He gave me a whole Bitcoin, and I was like, ah, he's nuts, he's out of his mind, he's crazy. Even though this guy has never been able to make a single move in life without getting rich, I'm just like, ah, whatever, he bought me. And then I got into it, I wanted to see how it was to buy, and I bought it like another one myself. Well. It got up to $1,700. I was like, hot diggity dog. Fuck that, bro. That's cool. I'm going to take some profits because I don't think it's going to go any higher than that. Yeah, cue the clown music. It did go quite a bit higher than that. Fortunately, I didn't get rid of all of my Bitcoin. But if I kept the one he had gave me, I, I would not have to do this show from a cramped, dirty chair that I am happen to be sitting in. I could be doing it from San Tropez. I'm just saying. That's all. The bald one has done stuff that not many people that we know could have pulled off. But in that, in that moment, in that moment, those farty like fumes of my unique achievement have created a situation where the guy is 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 soured. So it's like, yeah, he did look mad, which was suspicious. And you gotta understand that there's nothing at this point now, um, there is, at this point now he is actively bad for the sport at this point now he is actively bad for the sport right I mean all of this bullshit about Derek I love Derek Lewis but Derek Lewis is not the bald one's idea of who he wants to have be the heavyweight now Derek Lewis has through the dint of the power of personality Won a lot of people over, but he's not getting the same looks or the same push. And this shit now is serious with endeavor involved, and Ari Emanuel going, I don't know, you you tell me. do you understand? do you understand? John Nash on a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago, either on if the Shoes Fit or on Care Don't Care, laid out how the how the American film industry is dead. And not only the American film industry, but by, by proxy, the global film industry is dead, is dead. Dead, 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 dead. But I'm thinking, I have, it was like a, a diamond shot me through my, my forehead in the middle of this fight as they're advertising this movie, Army of the Dead. And I was going, this is a divine convergence of all of the shittiest elements in the world. They show me this commercial. The camera zooms out of Houston, where they're booing a guy who just won because he's not American. I'm thinking of Darius. And then the, the, then the bald one in Dubronx. Bronx. And I'm like, ah, I get it. I get it. No, this is no internet talk on here. Woke culture didn't fucking kill Hollywood. You can't make a movie like Godzilla versus King Kong without a billion dollars. And you only make it because you're convinced that people are gonna see it. You, You know what? You know what movies wouldn't be made in 2021? The Godfather wouldn't be made. Scarface wouldn't be made. Dog Day Afternoon wouldn't be made. I could click off Serpico wouldn't be made. Taxi Driver wouldn't be made. These movies are not made. It has nothing to do with woke culture. It's because right now they figured out, I could sell 50 million shitty candy bars, and that's going to be worth much more than if I could sell 5 million really good candy bars. And, And also, if you remember Bud Schulberg, F. Scott Fitzgerald, they were working in Hollywood. They used to write screenplays. Great writers used to write screenplays, and then it was just guys who's like, "Well, I'm not a great writer, but I'm a good screenplay writer. I'll write a good screenplay." And then it was just guys who saw some fucking TV show and rebooted something. However, with Endeavor, and their only cost center being the UFSI, you now have this. You now have this entertainment machinery where you've got these. You know really like kind of original looking faces of the fighters you get these guys leveraged into TV commercials music videos you get them leverage into you know Fast and Furious number 15 you know you get people taking the rock seriously as a possible contender because he's got his agents at Endeavor he's at the UFC fights he's you get all of these things we used to have this idea I don't know if you remember Dealy Balls Dealy Balls were either glasses or headbands that had little antennas on them and little styrofoam balls on the end, right? And they were super popular at, like in 1981 or 82, all right? 1981 or 82. And we started thinking, Steve and I, the guitar player for Whippin' Boy, started to have this idea that a uh, um, the, the trend broker, that there was un, like the book uh, Revelations of Dr. Modesto, which I'm not gonna ruin for you, which you should read by Alan Harrington you know so we had the same idea about this there's a trend broker there's a single place out there that just makes all the cheap meretricious garbagey shit that you see you know uh, cups with the curly q straws you know rubber fingers t-shirts that say i'm with stupid there's just one company that does that of course that was before That was before we wised up to drop shipping, and it really is just one company with uh, ten different faces in China that's making this stuff. This is this is this is where we are right now. This is precisely where we are right now. It's it's um, made by and it's the worst kind of classism because it's made by smart guys for stupid guys, um, and the stupid guys don't even realize that they're eating crappy candy bars, and they'll never know and the guys who are making them, like, you know, I remember interviewing Peter North at one point. He's like, I don't watch my own movies. And it was crazy to me as like a 21, there's a 23, 24 year old, how could you be a porn star and not watch your own movies? But then you get older, you realize, why would I? I was there, first of all, and second of all, it's not great, it's not Citizen Kane, and that's where we are now. So instead of this upper, upper, um, uh, um, the spiraling up, uh the rising and advancing of increasing uh, uh, um, stuff with increasingly higher quality, that's not, that's, why? 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 I mean, at one point Dr. Dre was saying, when he was trying to explain why he moved away from Death Row Records, he said, sometimes you're at a party, and you look around, and you're not enjoying being at the party. So you got to do what? You leave. So, you know, I, I I look at Charles Oliveira, this great story. You know, even Derek the uh, 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 uh Lewis, he, during these one one of these catastrophes shows up with his own money, giving people free water, all this like really super like real like shit that I would never do. Like I care like investing his own money, hiring trucks, sent to help other human beings. You don't hear people that from the UFC. You couldn't be more American than, than 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 Derek Lewis, but if you got this ID fixe about what all American is, you know it's a news story when Sage North what Sage North but say what North but what so North when he does it, Derek Lewis. I'm not I'm not saying anything except what I'm saying. A, 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 a smart organization would have made. Listen, they paid for a vertical that I wrote for, advice fight land. And they wouldn't let, this is the oof they, they made them edit my articles. So if I was interviewing a fighter like Harley Flanagan, who used to play bass, who still plays bass for the Cro-Mags, and he was talking about a street fight, that I couldn't put that in, or that they would routinely pull that out. Because they didn't want this image of, of fighters, of MMA being connected with undisciplined street fighters. They want it taken seriously as a sport. They should have jumped all over that Derek uh, Lewis story. Cynical opportunist, true believer. They should have been all over. All of it. And they didn't. And they did And they weren't. So I see Dubronx, you know, I remember the misery that you look when Rich Franklin and Anderson Silva fought and look at the bald one's face when he's got to put the belt around Anderson Silva's waist. Okay, I understand it. As a marketer, and eh, in, in an American English speaking market, the guy doesn't speak English could be a problem. But it goes beyond that with the bald one. In other words, if you're really in it for the business, if you're really in it for the sausages on the plate, you want more business, you want more sausages, all of this would redound to your benefit. The fact that he doesn't do it shows me that he's anti-business for reasons that are deeply psychological and which will never be fixed, and he's got to go. <laughs> It's got to go. Sorry. It's got to go. Because like the girl disappearing into the car in, in, in Chinatown, I know a few things and I know that this Charles DuBronx thing is going to end poorly. I know it. It was a great fight. Yeah, they would have, I mean, what? why would he be angry that the Bronx would go because he doesn't speak English and he's but Dude is on his own money, Th- does like Robin Hood in his way through the favelas, delivering stuff to help people who are screwed up because of COVID down there with that dumbass Bolsonaro. He, he's helping, not making a big deal about it. That's a story. We have friends at newspapers. They might like a story like that. And did he, he, nothing, nothing from the one. I like Chandler's story too. I like Chandler. I like Chandler's story too. And in a certain way, this also serves the Baldwin's narrative in that, you know, it shows that ah, you know, Bellator fighters, whatever. Chandler is actually trying and almost succeeding at being a really effective public relations guy for Michael Chandler. He said the right things afterward. He hit tonally, it seems mechanical to me and sort of contrived. But tonally, it's exactly you haven't seen The Last of Me Yet. I will have that belt in the space of the year. I like that. This guy was a tough guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And these are deeply psychological reasons. Yeah, GSP, GSP, he could have made life so much easier for GSP. He was sorry, my lavalier popped off. He would have uh made made the best. But anyway, so Du Bronx, this is why we show up for the fight. He was getting Pasted, and I gotta tell you, like I said on Care, don't care. He needs to send a check or give a hearty thank you or a gift card to uh, um to Dan Mergliata, because there's a fight, and some of you remember we talked where Dan Mergliata stopped it, and a lot of people felt it was a, a, a early stoppage, and Mergliata was getting a ton of shit, a raft of shit, and after that, God help you, he wasn't stopping the fight for shit. You had to be eight punches to the unconscious face, and then maybe you would stop it. A lot of other refs, currently Herb Dean, one of my, the sexy and sophisticated Herb Dean, one of my favorites, he might have stopped it that first round. He might have. Margulietta, no way. And and DuBronx was like, yeah, I, I played around with this guy too long and just took it, took it to him the second round. It was a great fight. It was a great fight. It was like, if we're going to compare this to the restaurant eating experience, you know, appetizer, 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 increasing increasing levels of interest and value perfect and then the main course ba-boom you're happy going backwards in time the co-main um of course this is what i'm talking about this is this is the yeah the yeah the yeah but moment okay so uh, um dariush is, let me uh, let me pull it up so dariush is what we call in this instance, a friend of um, Ozzy. I did a big piece on him for Ozzy, and, um, and uh guy couldn't have been more accommodating. Speaks Aramaic. I um, think he speaks Aramaic. He's taking care of his mother. Now he's married. He's got a kid on the way. Great story. Cut left it from Iran. He's here, you know, and he's mother. Walkers well, is in Houston, are booing him. Uh, yeah, you know, and and then he said something really smart. He goes, you wanna ride or die? You wanna ride or die uh, with, uh, with a, a Kukui with Tony? Okay, now that he's on his way down, you fucking stick to him. You stick to him. Don't be one of these fair weather guys where you only liked him because he was winning. If he's your guy, he's your guy until he retires. And also, where's my Tesla? <laughs> so um, so I picked him. I bo- I picked Oliveira to win. And, and, you know, the shorter guy thing, a lot of times, even in personal conversations, I've seen some of the fighters I know who are shorter guys will instinctively stand closer to you if you're taller than they are, which I duplicate. If I'm talking to a guy who's taller than me, I'll stand closer to him. Cause he's got to look down like this, and suddenly he's uncomfortable. He's got to move back or something. But getting under it and those wild wing punches he get—that's how he got Hooker. There's a possibility, always a possibility. I got the sense that you know Du Bronx is wanting to feel him out. But I also remember Du Bronx from when he was win- uh, losing in the other weight class. He's found his weight class, and that shit was sweet. You know what what, what I mean when I say sweet? I mean if I could knock you out. With the least amount of effort, I mean, what is that thing that Bukowski said? Style is doing a a a, a dull, making a dull, a dangerous thing look easy, right? It just that that left it just didn't seem like anything. It was like beep and boom, dude was done. So this was a, almost a perfect fight. We had winners that won, losers that won. Uh, we had winners that winners that won and losers that won. Great night, great fight soured for me by seeing him kiss up on the bald one. But, you know, maybe he's got a team that's smart enough to to get him through the rocky shoals of a man with way too many sausages on his plates. Got it. Yeah, there's some, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't, especially Brazilian fighters. They get weak with the head and then they never come back. But they usually do that as a result of a loss. So, um, So, yeah, Tony is done. But I said Tony has done before. Um, I, I've said Tony, I, I don't know if they were booing him because it was boring. It was from a grappling perspective. I, I found the fight pretty compelling from a lot of different perspectives. But what I said before is that if somebody had cared about Tony Ferguson like they cared about Chuck Liddell, they would have said, We're not going to book you for a year. That beating from freaking Geechee took it out of you and you, you're gonna have fundamentally a year to get your shit together, go out, do what you gotta do, get, put it together, I, whatever you need, but go do it. If they felt like they felt about Liddell, they would not let the guy run himself out there like they like they ran him in. On the other hand, it's like, do I, we pull off the band-aid slow or do we pull it off fast? If the guy's pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, Do you want to be in a position where a year later he comes back and the same thing happens? And he goes, yeah, it's because you made me wait a year. I don't know. know, It's like that guy who I I kept, the guy kept following me from Oxbow show to Oxbow show and he was fucking with me at at each show. And he could see that I wasn't aware that it was the same guy. And so he came up to me at, at before we played it in Camden at this place called the Underworld. I've told the story before, so you can't Donna Shalala me on my own show. I'm acknowledging that I've told it before. And the guy said, "Hey, you remember that show?" And he identified the club. He goes, "Yeah, you remember the quiet parts of the song where somebody kept whistling?" He goes, "I go, yeah." He goes, "That was me." I go, oh. and "He goes." And you remember that other show? And uh, I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "And somebody was throwing ice at you?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "That was me." he said remember the other show where the guy was somebody threw a, a cigarette at you and i and he goes yeah and i go that was me and i was like "Yeah, hey, funny guy I, and so we're playing at the underworld and i look down and there's a problem and who is it again and now they have a big photo pit there because you know media media is pretty is pretty uh music media is pretty serious in, in England you know so and I jumped down and climbed out of the music into me and kind and walk up to the guy and he's he they, were, they did this thing to have these poor kids come to the show they wanted to expose them to different types of culture. so they had these poor kids they had never been to a show like Oxbow before they were kind of nervous and they stand there and he could smell it they were just different and so he starts fucking with them which is why I jumped into the audience but I would have jumped in anyway because he had drawn my attention. And I just stand real close to him, and I'm singing, and I'm standing real close to him, and, you know, the, the silent, unspoken conversation is like, we can take this any place you'd like to take this. And he just stops. And I go, fine. And I go back to the stage, and as I do it, he does this little pirouette, this kind of swishy pirouette, either to make fun of me or to put a period on the sentence or as a provocation and i lay them out i've had it i've had it you came up and you identified three instances in which you fucked with me and you're going to do it a fourth time you're lucky i don't break every tooth out of your face He they drag them off the, all the photo photographers scatter they drag them off the floor people kind of come back to the front they they don't know what's going on they think i've lost my mind the guy does it again hit him again and there's photos of it i put him up on my bed where you can see the guy's got this green shirt and he's got his drink and blood is all over his face and he's back and i said between songs i said i'm perfectly happy to beat this guy up all night but each time i do so since i came here to play music and not fight it's going to be done with increasing effort to make sure he doesn't come back If anybody in this building cares about this human being, you might wanna get him out of here before we get to the third time I come down there. So finally people are like, oh my God, he's letting us know that he's gonna hurt this guy, bone by bone. So they got him out of there. The guy is on my Facebook friends. He still emails me every time I put his picture up. You're like, it wasn't like that, Ah, whatever, bro. The point is, the point is, you got to let guys do what they're going to do. Six months or 12 months or eight months for Tony Ferguson, it doesn't, I'm of the opinion, and I know this sounds like another sympathy for the Baldwin, but I'm of the opinion that that things are as they are. Or like my friend used to say, have you ever looked at a cow and wondered whether it was a cow or not? There's no way that Tony could have avoided this fate, no way. His style dictated that he would be here. It is it, it, like ugly on an ape, like cold and ice. These things, they don't, they're not separated. The only difference is he got enough notice so that we're all witnessing it, instead of it being in the juniper bushes behind 7-Eleven or some such thing. So this was almost the exact opposite of, of the headliner fight, of the main. In the main, we had a winner who won and a loser who won. In the co-main, we have a winner that maybe won and a loser that definitely lost. I mean, what is Darius was 13, fighting a guy, and Tony was seven or five in the rankings, then maybe they'll swap places. And it's a stacked. It's a stack. I, you know, I would pay to see any of those. You know, Darius. I'm a Darius booster. I like the guy. I could do with a little less of the Jesus talk, but I like the guy. Tony is not executive gatekeeper, bro. No way, no way. Tony is a basement gatekeeper at this point. He's fight. Look, he just got beaten by a guy from the basement, from 10 through 20. Darius was 13 in the rankings. He got beat by him. Executive level gatekeepers when you're fighting people three through 10. Speaking of mist, Mauler thinks that he's gonna be able to take a vacation for a year and come back and be schooling fools. The only fool that will be schooled in this effort is the mist in the wood pile. I guess, I don't know what he's been paying, but he's been watching MMA with, I would hope it's not any other body part but his eyes. Or maybe he sees but fails to understand. I don't know. I don't know. So, so the Komain was was completely uh, uh depressing. And and you know, if Oliveira, if Oliveira hadn't hugged up on the bald one, I would feel completely differently about this. But he did, and I don't, and I do feel completely different about it match Schnell and bonterin i i think i want to i i i picked Schnell because i thought a wrestler with uh smothering pressure would actually end and slashing elbows from the top always ends up you know um always ends up kind of outpointing, but not in this case not in this case dude was over overweight but whatever uh caitlin um i could see much like much like me she doesn't really Understand the internet. Um, so, John Nash advanced this idea, or no, Steph advanced this idea. No, no, it was John Nash advanced the idea that uh, her phone was hacked. If you go to her, it, this had been the case. It could be changed now. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Somebody had gone to her Twitter account and looked at her likes, and there was nothing but like a bunch of heavy duty porno. Yeah, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, well, maybe that's why she won't answer my email. She's too busy. But John made the case, like, apparently he did some investigation and went back on her page as far as he could go, and he could see that, yeah, this only, like, the last four days. So either that was part of her training regime in the last four days, whatever. I don't know. I think that uh, she robbed, um, I think, uh, uh, Araujo, uh, Vivian, let's just say that, Araujan. <laughs> yeah, Araujo, Aru, Aru, the one that Caitlin I can't pronounce either their names, the Caitlyn and Vivian. I think Vivian got robbed aggressively. And I, I think that uh, the robbery was driven by the, K, the, the, the uh, Aroha. Thank you. <laughs> when I was a kid, there were a couple of words I couldn't say on Being a kid, I couldn't say hallelujah and even great, and I couldn't say union easier, easier for me to say. And I mean, I'm like nine, ten, and I was like, huh? and I, I can't I, if I start to think about it, I'd have been able to say it. So, uh, uh, where's the pronunciation again? Uh, Aroha, yeah. So, um, she got robbed, she got robbed, and I think she got robbed. I want to say the S- Sage North, but what Sage North, but what Sage North, but the Sage no- North, but. Paige Van Sant you know I, I can't imagine I think this kind of suited the reasons for keeping her around I don't know she didn't I just uh, yeah she's got the cardio but I think her skill set is thin and it's only partially has something to do with with her not emailing me back about the piece I needed to write when I was on deadline neither here nor there not enough I over, uh, I, uh, um, and I spent too much time talking about the fight Burgos and Barbosa um, I refused, um, I refuse to, I refuse to care about this fight because I said Barbosa was just Brazilian for Neil Magny. And I, I, I am, if I have learned nothing in the, in the, in the last few days, and I'm tying my exit from the sport to two, like two or three fighters, two or three fighters. I want to see them play out their tail. And then I'm imagining I'm gone. Oh, that sounds crazy, Eugene. Really? Does it sound crazy? I mean, you know, you know what sounds crazy to me—that you would be a lifelong fan of anything that you don't do. I guess I do do it. I don't really do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but I know plenty of guys who do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu who don't know anything about MMA. Don't pay attention to it. They've stopped. So who knows? Um, But I decided in in the waning the waning years. Maybe another 10 years, the waning years of my interest in MMA, that I would no longer be gotten by geeks. Well, no, I'm probably still going to get gotten by geeks, but I'm no longer begotten by gictas. And Barbosa had been a gicta for me. I like Burgos, the whole New York connection, but I just couldn't, I couldn't care. I don't think I cared about this fight. Um, but that knockout was, was fantastic. You know, <laughs> um, I kind of got knocked out, like not really, I got hit like that. Some guy hit me with a patty cake punch on the ear. Maybe it was on the ear, maybe it was in the temple. It was super fucking light. And then suddenly I got the swirlies. I mean, but it was like literally, if I was sitting, if he came up and hit me, as hard as he hit me when we were in this fight, my head would probably not even move it'd be like this but it, it hit the sweet spot and everything was swirly and burgos got hit and his i mean you know under normal circumstances maybe i'd have been tempted to say say that this was this was a work or something but no 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 this was it. dude was out because he didn't need to take those subsequent shots <laughs> you know if he was, if he if it was a work, he'd have been like kind of rolling around, you know. Yeah, that was that was something else. Yeah, Barbosa, Barbosa has been good, but you know what? So has been Neil Magny. Neil Magny beat Jeff Neil. but Neil Magny did it for one reason, and one reason only—to fuck me over. And Steph said, "No, Eugene, he's not doing it to fuck you over. The reality of it is, he has got, he has got." he he is a cycle fighter which I thought was an interesting idea that steph was advancing ah, also I have to tell you I'm on the Mookie, Mookie and cookie show this week I've been bugging them be, pretty much just begging them to, to be on it what I'm looking up for the rest of the car begging them to be on it and, and then she finally do she's using my conceit of a five easy pieces called five easy questions and she's asking me questions and she'll do it once a month. Um, and she, she's under a lot of pressure because there are enough interviews out there where the, you know, and from these shows that most people already know everything. So she is going to be hard for her to come up with five questions that I haven't already been asked, but she's game. And I think the first one runs this week on the Mookie and Cookie show. Okay. Well, this, this works because I didn't get into the fight until, um, until Mazzani and Cachoeira, uh, which was a great fight. I don't need to spend a, a minute talking. But I didn't see Kevin are and Tucker Lutz. Didn't see that. Didn't see Diagos and Soriana. did see that. So I got I guess I got in pretty early. Um Andrea Lee. I, I wouldn't have picked Swincheco. You know, yeah, she's um, she's not her sister. Uh, that's it. Um, and what Jordan Wright and Jamie Pickett. This was a this was a bullshit fight. This was a bullshit fight because they love this kid, uh, Jordan Wright. And, and I'm gonna say two words, I'm gonna say four words to you that explain why they love him. Um, well, I guess I'm gonna say two, because I can't remember. Suddenly, I can't remember the other. I'm gonna say Rich Franklin. And I'm gonna say, who is the cat, so help me out here. Excuse me, for, I'm tired. Of a who was the cat who fought Forrest Griffin Steven uh, in the old, uh, off the Ultimate Fighter show and has a real big turnaround for, for the UFC, so they love him forever. He just got busted for steroids. Um, what was his nickname? The American Psycho, you know, the fighter. Um, anyway, his first name and his last name. And this pretty much explains to me, sorry, Stephen Bonner. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So this pretty much explains Jordan Wright to me. He's the kind of guy you look at him, Rich Franklin, Stephen, uh, uh, Stephen Bonner, and you look at Jordan Wright, and you go, no way. If if Jordan really, whose who who's who's Twitter is is crazy, Bonners or Jordan Wrights? Anyway, if if um <laughs> yeah okay. So if, if you if there's no scenario under which Jordan Wright walks up to you. And tells you he fights, he fights, he fights UFC. That you don't in your head start making the international symbol for people just listening on SoundCloud. I am now jerking my hand in the international symbol of jerking me off. Yeah, 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 fucking jerk off. You're not, you would never believe it. And that's sort of what they love about him. He's got that all-American appeal. Yeah, and the thing is, but it's so so bankrupt about this whole all-American thing is. All you, by the Baldwin's estimation, all you have to do is look All-American. You don't have to actually do anything All-American. You don't have to, buy your own money, drive up and help people. You, don't have to, you just have to look All-American, and that he, that he, can, he can build on that. So he puts him against Jamie Pickett, who looks like a tough guy, until they flash his record on the bottom, and you see the guy is like 11 and 6. A dude is underwater. This was a gimme for Jordan Wright to build him up. People in Texas would love it. I'm just going to make believe it didn't happen. How about that? Venata is my guy, Land of Venata. Uh, and uh, but listen, let me tell you, Mike Grundy is a great wrestler. But you have to understand that he's a great wrestler late in the game. Yes, Wigan, England, you know, uh, um, uh, outside of Little um, uh, Liverpool, is. Carl Gotch was there, Billy Riley Snake Pit, a big deal. But they don't have wrestling as part of a high school offering. You can go to wrestling clubs in England. So, dude, Grundy picked this up fairly late. He tried seven, 20 shots, was successful 17 times. 20. I don't know of many junior college wrestlers, uh, you know, not NC, NC2, you're not going to get the 20 shots you get. My daughters, if they took 20 shots on me, we would get more than three. So I'm just saying, you know, Venata is in a new way to be perfect, good for him. He's my guy. I like him. The judging was revealed to be all over the place. The Texas Commission sucks, you know, so what can I say? Sousa and, and when um, you, you know, as you well, you know, uh, Sousa is a known associate of uh, the Serrao Academy. I've avoided rolling with him before. Tough guy, nice guy guy who's had some problems with depression, documented problems with depression. I'm not talking out of my ass or out of school here. And uh, it was, uh, and I don't think he could have, I don't think he was in a position to, I don't think it was even a tough guy. I just think Muniz did that thing where, look, there you're used to seeing the guy. We saw it in some of the fights. Shinchenko had, had, she got put in the arm bar and, you know, the arm was stretched. You know, one of the ways if you, got, if you deal with a real, real stylist, they squeeze their legs together, the foreshorten the arm, so they don't have to do all that hip arching, right? You just squeeze your legs together. But, so then all of a sudden, the break point, you know, boom, you're done. And I think he was caught in that weird position in the same way where he just couldn't, he didn't have enough time. He couldn't flex, couldn't tap, couldn't, and boom. This is a serious sport, but you know, if there were any other sports on the planet that during that two hours that we were sitting there watching that had uh, what happened to El uh, Ferguson's knee happen, you know, uh, 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 arm, bro, we'd be talking about today. I guess we are talking about, it, but this was like, yeah, it's a tough sport. It's a tough sport. There was somebody just did an article on like, give me sports or some of these sports blogs and they actually started talking about the economics of the bald one and I was gonna repost it it with the exception of I could see it was largely done by apparatchiks you know yeah exactly that it that it was done by people who were like largely nut jumpers for the bald one and they were doing it like a Horatio Alger story. Like, look at what he had and look what he became. And to get up by there, and I did not wanna, you know, not nah, tie into that. I don't need that negativity in my life. What I did take away from it is how much money he has. Now, when you look at somebody like Rumble stealing credit cards to pay for tickets, there's a lot of levels to this story. One level is Dude's a piece of shit, and has always been a piece of shit, like I've been saying since knuckle-up days. There's that angle. But then there's also the other subsequent angle, which is, uh, uh, dude has to steal credit cards to get a plane ticket. It wasn't like Chel Sonnen, where he's doing all kinds of financial chicanery with connected to the purchase of houses, which could be several hundred thousand dollars. Yeah yeah exactly. yeah, I guess I guess luck, pluck, and perseverance. but the reality of it is I could have been friends with the fertitas. you could have been friends with the fertitas. Um, we wouldn't be in the same place. I don't want to take credit. I don't I'm shitting on him for being a classless, fucking ignorant bore. Just because somebody makes cash doesn't mean they're smart. It means they're smart at making cash. That's a completely different skill set. so so the rumble the rumble was already done i mean the thing is your kind always wish me luck shamus i got a raw deal your kind always does when he left the Oofsi to go start some weed business without i mean but this underscores this underscores this underscores see i come at it from the art world and the reality of it is at one point somebody was saying something to me something that like, oh last week on the show i was like you know when the cashier was sitting there and the kid was crying in my face. I go, I got a small house. My house is like like a thousand seventy square feet. Small house. Fundamentally, I, a guy who used to live in a Ford Econoline, a sky blue Ford Econoline van with blue shag carpeting, I could do that again. It's not like I got fancy shit all around me. But I also didn't try to retire at the age of of 35. Yeah, so part of it, these guys are not, a lot of it is, is, what is that thing Donald Cerrone said? I don't even know what money is. Or that story I told you about my dead friend who uh, squandered half a million dollars in three months his first uh, royalty check and they didn't know what to do with it. And he's dead now, so. So I don't know. I mean, they, they are, they, this was a naked lunch moment. You remember William Burroughs where, you know, there's one thing to eat, and there's one thing right before the right before the food gets to your mouth where you look at what's on the end of your fork and you really consider what it is what it is that's on the end of your fork is some shit that if you saw it on the ground you would step over it and that's where we are with the oofsi out here i can enjoy it but as it gets closer to my mouth i realize if it was on the ground i would step over it and this refusal this absolute refusal to um to to book this johnny bono in and an fight is fucking criminal he could still be negotiating behind back channel. But at this point now, I'm it's 50-50 that the, the he is or he isn't, I, I don't know. But it's clear to me that it's not about good business for him anymore. It's about something else. It's about something else. If I can take the baddest man on the planet and make him crawl, what does that say about me? And what does it say about me secondarily that I need to do that? even in the face of what should be a compelling motive, primary motivation, good business. John is not holding up. Don't go for that company line bullshit. One guy, one guy, uh, John is not holding up to fight. Not at all. One guy escaped from the barnyard. And if you don't think it, it rankles him to no end, that Connor McAnoll managed to do that, you're wrong. Absolutely, completely, totally wrong. Now, now McRapus's story becomes another story. Now he is doing, now he's doing PR for the UFC. So anytime people say the UFC is underpaying the fighter and he's like, yeah, you know who the number one biggest paid athlete in the world is? Conor McGregor, MMA fighter. Some people are stupid enough to have actually just go, Conor McGregor, MMA fighter, best-paid athlete in the world, best-paid athlete in the world. Maybe you should just go work harder, John. Maybe you should just work. A... <laughs> Except he didn't make his $150 million from the UFC. I already talked about that. I'm, I'm picking Johnny Bonagioni against Ngannou. But Ingunu is actually the story. I mean, this is this is a classic case of like, I mean, Ingunu is everything. I mean, character wise, the guy's story is fucking great. This is he's like the exact polar opposite of Johnny Boni Joni. Yeah, at this point now, the McAnal story doesn't. The Baldwin is like, yeah, whatever. You know, I don't need you and you don't need us. So we don't need each other. So what are you even doing here? No, Johnny Boy and Johnny is is a complete catastrophe. Everybody already knows It's a complete catastrophe everywhere, but inside the cage. But inside the cage, the dude is fucking money. That's business. You can't honestly tell me that Derek Lewis against Francis Ngannou 2 because their fight, first fight, was one of the worst fights in UFC history. That was up there with Caleb Starnes actively running away from Nate Quarry. Running. He never fought again in the, in the UFC. It was horrible. You can't... And why would you put him against a Derek Lewis and then ruin his market value? Now, I'm thinking lots of fights get booked, but not a lot of fights happen. Well, let me rephrase that. Lots of fights get booked, but not all fights that are booked happen. So if 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 I got to if I got to get if it's me over the barrel and this could be bb Netanyahu Yahoo style, you goes, look, if I have a choice between over given the history of my people on this planet, if I have a choice between overreacting and underreacting, I'm going to overreact. He's like the Baldwin could be like, I don't like how that felt being over the barrel with, with McAnal. They didn't like that. That's not going to happen again. So he'll run it, you know? Ah. I mean, at this point now, it's two guys swimming underwater holding their breath. And the Baldwin is like, Yeah, well, I bet you I could swim further than you holding the breath. I got lots of options. What do you got? And this is where. I start to think if the world were more like me, at one point I, I'm, I work really badly with ultimatums. There was only one that I yielded to, and that's when I was almost being going to be murdered by a mafia enforcer that I had run afoul of, and the guy told me, "If I hear another peep out of you, I'm going to crush your fucking skull." Very tempting. Very tempting. And, and that's another thing. Dana wants to, Dana puts him against Lewis and he wins. He gives, he gives, he gives Ngannou some peanut, gives Ngano a million dollars. Ngano's never seen that kind of money before. He's happy. Lewis is still a crowd favorite. He's happy. Johnny Bonigioni is still frozen out. Whatever. Engano puts him against, against Stipe. Stipe needs some time to gain some weight. That's a year and a half out of Johnny Joni's ass. That means the ball can hold his breath for a year and a half. Can you, Johnny Bonnie Joni? It's precisely Johnny Boni Joni's problems outside of the, of the cage that have made it harder for him to put this deal together. If it was me, I'd have put the deal together. And I'd have put the deal together before. I would have put the deal together. I'm an I'm a endless planner. I would have put together months and months and months and months ago months ago but whatever it's not my game anyway that's the end of the show uh mr s had to go to bed some of you should do the same um let's see what do we got what do we got tomorrow at noon care don't care comes out i think there were 14 fights in the card i think i cared about two slim pickings next weekend I, yeah, I honestly don't. If I were Johnny Joney, Johnny, I would say, you know what? Do what you got to do. It's your business. If you need me, I'll be in New Mexico training. It's, just, it's a lifestyle. If he's smart, he's got enough money to live the rest of his life comfortably. Train, tweet, do whatever. Discord, I don't even know what that is. Oh yeah, yeah, so I do have, I, I have Discord open. The film thing, somebody had me open, I've never used it, I've done anything with it. I can't find it right now, anyway. So um, So Monday, Care Don't Care. Tuesday, If the Shoes Fit and the uh, Kid Not is on with me and Alexi, and we cover, as an extra bonus, we cover uh, the last version of Hip Hop Evolution before we move on to talk about heavy metal on the Let It Roll podcast, which is Kid Not Tay's podcast. Up on YouTube right now, you can see the day I spent uh, with my black leather shirt on doing uh Aussie Fest, uh, vir- uh, virtual festival live 2021. If you, you know, it's not this show, which by which I mean, it's of lesser quality, <laughs> but uh, but you might want to see how I spent the day. The newsletter, EugeneSRobinson.substack.com, substack.com. And hope you live next week to see next Sunday, and maybe let's hope next Sunday is a little bit more normal than this one. It has been a crazy day, and I'm beat. Got to get some sleep, but at least I got the nice haircut. Uh, uh, My man Cholo set me up. His nickname is Cholo. Set me up tell his story i've told this story a little bit before we'll go into it later anyway thanks for listening do not die and the kid is sleeping so i can't scream but you know what i mean when i say look what you made me do